We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. For the Vandals of Idaho. Holy smokes, welcome back. Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. It is summertime. Fourth of July has come and gone, and it is football season. We are rolling into it, and there is not three people on the planet. I'd rather be here today with the then Professor Brian Marceau coming to us from office hours. How are you, Mr. Brian? Doing great in Coeur d'Alene, man. Uh, got some news I'm sure we'll be sharing with the with the show. Oh, yeah. We, we'll, we'll be getting there. We also have Alex, the best of all time, Boatman. Alex, how are you doing today? Always a pleasure, fellas. It's been a little while. I was like, oh, crap. Football season's coming up. That's why we're recording. I was like, man, why are we recording? It's the middle of summer. And I was like, oh. Fall camp starts like in three weeks. That's probably a good time to get ready. Today, it was like I just I messaged everybody. I'm like, holy smokes, guys, we're recording tonight. It was wild. Uh, Luckily, we do have one man who is prepared, as always, producer Dammer, running the show from the shadows. Dallas Hammer, how are you today? I am fantastic. It's so good to hear your guys' voice again. And just in a personal note here from me, I'm so excited for this season because somehow – Chris and Boatman talked me into supporting football now, and I am I am wearing West Ham United socks. I am so excited to get going with you guys and our chats behind the scenes to just be throwing throwing stuff at each other with our football teams. Yeah, so going forward, biggest news of Tubbs at the club is that you will be getting a Tottenham reference. You will be getting a Manchester United reference. You will still be getting the Anaheim Ducks references, but you'll be getting those paired with another miserable team in West Ham United. Come on, you irons. Yeah, we'll be blowing bubbles. There we but go. Brian Marceau has not not hit the football train, but luckily for Brian Marceau, we have football. Guys, year four of the Tubs of the Club podcast, first year for Dallas Hammer, second year for Alex Boatman, third year for Brian Marceau? Yes. Yeah. Two and a half-ish. Two and a half ish. Yeah, you were a part timer there for a while. But, well, guys, uh, I, I mean, I'm happy to get back today. FCS preview. That's what we're breaking down. Uh, in two weeks, we'll be covering the Big Sky immediately after Big Sky Media Days. Uh, we'll be going live for that. So, thank you for joining us. Recorded here on a Thursday. Um, so, for those of you that listen, we we'll live on YouTube on the 27th of July. Um, so, you guys can. Tune in and watch exactly like the day after we do media day. So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, and then we'll, we'll keep going on. We'll do an Idaho preview and then we'll be weekly because football is right here. Um, so let's get right into this. Around the bar. We're going to pull some taps, everybody. Favorite segment is back there. Everyone got their hands warmed up. We're going to be, we're going to pull some taps, talk about some topics around the FCS. Who's important. Who's not, who's in it. Who's Idaho got to beat to be crowned champions in Frisco come January 2022? Um, so that, that that's what we're bringing to you guys. Uh, we're going to kick it off here. Brian Marceau, this is your idea. 
How about you pull the first tap for us today? I'm so glad I get to lead the discussion. Um, this year in the FCS, we're, the framing of the season is going to be different for probably a lot of Vandals who weren't really paying attention to FCS till Idaho joined. Because North Dakota State is not going to be a presumptive or unanimous pick or brain-dead pick for national champions. Sam Houston State was our most recent champion. Most polls have North Dakota State pretty high, but um, they certainly are not not close to what you know we've been accustomed to the last couple of years. And I guess I'm I'm curious what you guys feel about that. Is you know Alex, you are you is is a cloud lifted over the FCS now that we get to talk about like hey who other than North Dakota State is going to be in the title or I don't know. How does this ring to you? You played in the FCS for a season. And to me, this is maybe the guard has changed. Um, I think we'd have to see what, what happens this year, right? Everyone's going to point back to a weird year, uh, North Dakota State. In a normal fall season, they have Trey Lance. They probably win the national title. They have Dylan Radons. They have two top 50 picks on that team last year if they play fall of 19 or fall of 20, excuse me. Um, so it becomes a weird year for them. Um, I think they'll probably just chalk it up to, hey, um, we had an off year. I don't think they're going to be in a rebuild. They're now in a reload. Um, everyone seems pretty excited about that new quarterback they have um, from Virginia Tech, that transfer. They're expecting him to just put up ungodly numbers uh, and just be part of that next train of pro quarterbacks that they've put out from Easton Stick, Carson Wentz, and now Trey Lance. Um, so, you know, we'll see what Quincy Patterson does there um, in Fargo. I don't, I don't think – if I'm a player, right, and I'm at any FCS school, they might be like, all right, maybe there's some chink in the armor. Um, but I think, you know, for maybe a more conservative approach, let's wait and see what happens this year. If if they don't win it this year, then, yeah, I think – or if they're not in the final this year, I think, yeah, then maybe it is a change in the guard and it's time for a new era of FCS. But that, in my opinion, they're still – even though they're not the reigning champions, they're still the reigning dynasty of FCS until something changes in the long term. Yeah, my – my kind of spin on the, the whole NDSU thing is, uh, I mean, Bowman touched on it. I think it just needs a little bit deeper dive. Quincy Patterson, the transfer from Virginia Tech, he was a huge get for the Hokies when he got him. Former four-star quarterback, just barely missed out of being a lead 11 quarterback. Had 14 Power 5 offers out of college. Um, or Sorry, out of high school. Obviously, he's making a transfer. You don't see – this isn't just your Power 5 guy who's a backup or not very productive or whatever dropping down. This is – yes – there were some issues that led to him leaving a power five program like Virginia tech out of the ACC. This is North Dakota state as Alex touched on. They have a track record of NFL quarterback calendar, like caliber. This is not some guy just leaving because he's not getting playing time. This is a guy that still thinks he can get to that next level. And North Dakota state at this moment gives him the best time to do it. He fits kind of that Trey Lance mold. Uh, I think North Dakota state, I, I said it last year. I had them ranked, I think fourth going into the season, I did not believe in Zeb Nolan. I said, I don't think you're just going to have a guy be able to do what Trey Lance had done uh, just one year out. It's just that was a flash in the pan. I think Matt Entz, the first-year head coach, benefited a lot from having a guy like Trey Lance. Last year, I said it was a bit of a prove-it year. Terrible quarterback play, yet North Dakota State played all right. I think Matt Entz has proven to me that he could be a decent coach at the F FCS level. I don't think he's the best coach at the FCS anymore. I don't think NDSU has that crown. But with Quincy Patterson at the helm, 
The running backs they have coming back, a very good offensive line, though looked to regress a bit going into the weird spring season. I expect North Dakota State to be right there. I think North Dakota State makes it to the semis or Frisco this year. So uh, they're still a hurdle. Are they going to be the power they were? Heck no. That is impossible to go eight and ten years or whatever it was. Um, but North Dakota State going to be improved from last year, but they're still dangerous. I, I'm just going to say I'm excited that when we get to look at this spring season, even and I'm saying from a Vandal perspective, it was weird to have every season be, yeah, like North Dakota State's kind of like Alabama, but a, a step advanced in comparison to their competition. They're obviously still good, but I'm I'm happy that we're – the discussion isn't, okay, like we know North Dakota State's going to win guys, we're, but who else is worth going to? Uh, who else is worth paying attention to? No, like this is a real question when, that when we're going through, like who who's the final four? Because I expect that uh, North Dakota State is going to be in that or you know around that semifinal range. But at this point, it, that was near certitude. And last year, even during the playoffs, I mean, Eastern Washington was looking pretty dang good against North Dakota State in that first half. Now, I mean, separate discussion about Eastern Washington uh, and you know their own weaknesses, but that. I don't think that was just minor chinks in the armor, and that was not just quarterback play. Like, I mean, Eric, that, that was Eastern Washington having no trouble advancing. But close the topic out. To me, the answer is yes. This is a dark cloud lifted in that now there is true curiosity. Of like, hey, who who's going to be our title winner? And that's why, to me, this is a, this is a uh, pretty interesting discussion even this far out. Alex, you're definitely pulling the next tab. I do want to jump in actually real quick, but while Alex is on mute. Uh, I'm muted. Thank you, Dallas. You are welcome. <laughs> Week one. All right. Got it out of the way. Let's go. So I did want to just quickly jump in here and say that North Dakota State last year had a minus 10 turnover margin, and I am incredibly stunned they were as successful as they were with such bad quarterback play. If they have even above average play from Quincy Patterson. This team is going to be really scary. Looking across the top 25 polls across most of the major outlets, North Dakota State's in the top five for good reason. All they have to do is really turn around that quarterback play, and they're going to be just as scary as normal. But, Boltman, now that you've figured out the mute button, we'll let you go. Well, you know, if I was in Moscow right now in the corner of A and Main, I'd be pulling a tap of a Coors Light in my in my tub personally uh, because Montucky is not on tap, unfortunately. But that's besides the point. All right, um, you know, I, I want to kind of talk about the Big Sky went zero two in the spring playoffs. Um, it's kind of viewed nationally. There's kind of a big three conferences. Um, and I was actually reading reading something on this the other day on the D one ticker. Um, the Big Sky's kind of viewed the top three of, D, of FCS conferences in terms of the Missouri Valley, the CAA, the Big Sky. Does going 0-2 in the Big Sky kind of maybe going the Big Sky going 0-2 in the playoffs hurt the view of the Big Sky, especially since we're returning the Montanas and Sac State? We're returning, you know, three three teams that are playoff caliber teams only two seasons ago. Um, and then kind of parlay that into we have a new conference in the FCS. We have the AQ7, as they're being called this year. It's the WAC, the A-Sun combo for the one year only until the um, Southern Utah joins up into the WAC, um, and the WAC gets enough combo teams. Weird whole thing. But anyway, their presidents and their ADs are talking about they want to be the, 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 the A-Sun, which is the other part of the 
AQ7, wants to be the SEC of FCS. So with this brand-new conference, which now has national champion Sam Houston in it, and also adds teams like Kennesaw State, which are solid, and Jacksonville State, which are a solid team, where's the Big Sky at? Does going 0-2 maybe you know hurt our chances of more playoff spots this year? Yeah. Um, so here's how I view 0-2, right? It hurts Weber in Eastern Washington. Weber more so than Eastern Washington because Weber got upset. Eastern Washington was not expected to beat North Dakota State in Fargo. So you're 0-2, but you you kind of answered the question in the question of Sac State, who was our, one of our playoff teams last year, Montana, who was a playoff team last year, Montana State, who was a semifinalist last year. They're all playing again. So that is three teams that arguably – Probably would have made the playoffs last year. Then you look at UC Davis opting out. We see the Missouri Valley get five teams in. You think UC Davis probably would have been one of those teams in. So you're looking at maybe UC Davis going in and the Big Sky being one and two. Maybe 0-3. We don't know, right? But I think the Big Sky will be fine this year. I think you have a lot of power coming back because you benefit from the spring season where you had Weaver kind of cement themselves as like they're the people now. It's their conference. You have Eastern who said we haven't quite fallen off a cliff yet. And then you have teams like Montana, Montana State, historical teams coming back. Big Sky looks to probably get four teams in just like they normally would uh, because we have four hyper-competitive teams, maybe a fifth, probably not, but maybe. So I think it won't affect us this year, but, man, you kind of touched on it with the new WAC and A-Sun, the WAC Sun this year. Sam Houston just won the national title. Jacksonville State was the four seed going into the playoffs. Kennesaw State has had some deep runs previously. Um, you know, they've added a lot of talent. SFA, Stephen F. Austin, has had really impressive teams over the last couple of years. Uh, Central Arkansas, in most people's polls, is a top 15 team. So, like, they're building what may be a new power conference in the uh, FCS level. Now, all that really means for the big sky, it's not going anywhere. We're the only football out West and there's a lot of good teams out West, Eastern Montana, et cetera. Some of the California schools here and there. Um, but it's going to make playoff spots a lot harder for sure, because uh, the OVC, which traditionally gets one or two is the wax sun. Those are going to be getting maybe three apiece here shortly. So uh, if it's not us, it's going to be the Missouri Valley or the CAA right now. I think the CAA personally has regressed more than the Missouri Valley or the big sky. So I think we're safe in that regard, but uh, I mean, uh, either way, yeah, these two new conferences are going to make it uh, the playoffs even tighter than they already are. Brian Marceau, what do you think? You know, the big sky is really the only conference and you touched on a little bit, Chris is really the only conference from the spring that had top tier teams not play. Whereas, you know, like in the Missouri Valley, yeah, like Illinois State bailed after they went 0-2, but they were 0-2. They weren't winning the league. They weren't making the playoffs. Uh, the big sky with Montana, Montana State, Sacramento State not playing. I mean, at least from an outsider perspective, those are three would have been like three of the top four, top five projected teams in the league. So I think we're I think it's okay for us in that maybe people would read more into that and have it not be as big a deal as far as our seeding. But I do, I do think it is worth paying attention to because the big sky in 2019, we had four seeded teams. That was a really, really good playoff setup for us. And, you know, with the different field last season, the, the big one was Weber losing. 
uh, and not not. I mean, Weber was a top was a top what five top certainly a top ten team, not winning their game. I guess I don't think a lot of people are going to hold um, North Dakota State beating Eastern Washington against Eastern uh, because that's still a very good program. But Weber, I think I think there's a chance that the how they looked in the playoffs last year, if we don't have something significantly different, uh, could or should maybe be held against them a little bit in terms of if they don't win the league, like, are we going to get four big sky teams seated? I'd be a little bit floored at this point. If we, if 2021, we had that kind of success with having all, all our teams be able to skip round one. Yeah. I mean, kind of wrapping it up here. Um, I think it's going to be this new conference for the year. And that's, and that's what everyone needs to remember. So the WAC, A-Sun, the WAC is forming its own league and the A-Sun is forming its own league. Um, however, in the year 2021, Dixie State, Tarleton State, and Southern Utah are not part of the WAC yet. So you're getting Stephen F. Austin, um, Sam Houston State, Abilene Christian. Am I missing one? Anyone? Am I missing? A f- Lamar. Lamar, thank you, Chris. I read your lips. Right. Okay. So there's those four. And now the A Sun, you have um, Kennesaw State, you have Central Arkansas, Jacksonville State. Is North Alabama a part of this this year? Yeah. Okay. So, and Eastern Kentucky. Um, I might be missing, I might be missing a school. So it's kind of a weird year. This is not feet. Now they're going to break up into two conferences in 2022. Um, and they will both get automatic bids after that. But this conference does get an automatic bid this year. I think it does put the big sky in a weird spot. Um, if we don't take care of our business, um, and we don't have, if we are in a weird spot where we have a couple teams with seven wins, you know, if we only have two, three teams, um, north of, of, of eight wins, you know, it's going to be, I, I don't, it could be a year we only get three and not four. So um, we have to make sure as a conference, we, we take care of our business. The winners need to win. The, the losers need to lose in order to keep the conference uh, kind of progressing along. We got to take care of non-conference. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know if we're going on to Chris here for the next tap. I'm pulling the tap, baby. Um so this one's easy. Anyone that followed our very much radio silence during the offseason noticed one probably one or two blips on the radar. One of those blips of radio silence was my uh, Big Sky to ESPN Plus article. Um, you know, breakdown of the news. The Big Sky has dropped Pluto Sports. Um, it looks and appears, we don't know, but it appears they're looking to get out of their contract with Root as well, but won't happen this season. Um, but the big sky will be streaming on ESPN plus a pay per view well not pay per view, but you have to pay monthly subscription service to be able to watch with that. Uh, there was a lot of opinions, mostly positive. I wrote a devil's advocate piece. We'll put a card or a link somewhere so you can read it. Basically saying, I claim this was a lateral move saying, you know, I'm not convinced that moving to ESPN plus provides us anything different. Um, you know, we've all kind of had a discussion, but the people haven't heard from you guys. So Brian, I mean, what do you got uh, in terms of like, what's your opinion on ESPN plus and the big sky? Oh, but I, I think it's a home run and this is more from a user experience than like a material change in broadcast. Cause there, there is some, a little bit of extra money institutions are going to get, but that doesn't mean it's going to change anything in terms of broadcast quality for this year. But the for me, first off, the Pluto experience of 
Pluto on live sporting events, and maybe this is just the device I used. They had the live the live event subdivided into these like thirty minute. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, it was like fifteen minute increments where the stream had to reload every thirty minutes or so. That should be a thing of the past. Which that alone, I would pay the ESPN Plus V four to just get the you know two and a half hour block of un of uninterrupted streaming so the game's not essentially subdivided into eight programs it's just one really long program as far as the um, applications concerned that's a huge win for me second is the fact of having the espn brand attached to us not that i i don't think the espn brand means today what it did 10 years ago but it is certainly a better brand than Pluto TVs, and you don't have to explain to people how what the hell a Pluto TV is and how you find Pluto TV. You just say, "Oh yeah, games on ESPN Plus." Everyone knows what that is. Separate, you know, Chris. There's you'll probably touch on the stuff in your article, so I'm not gonna step on your toes there. But the low grade prestige change, I think it will matter to some people. I think it'll make like getting our games out on at a bar easier. So because of those two things alone, even though they're not, those might not be that big a deal to me, that's a home run. And Alex, yeah. you're next. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to piggyback on that prestige thing. I think it matters more for recruiting, right? It's, it's tough to maybe tell walking to, you know, you guys on TV, kids love to hear the exposure, especially with name, image, and likeness. It's all about exposure these days. And what sounds better? You're on ESPN plus or you're on Pluto TV. Just being straight up, um, I think you know it could be considered a lateral move, you know, because of your. But theoretically, it should go like this. But it's pretty much actually only probably going to go like this in terms of it. So I think that's why it appears more as a lateral move, if not maybe a home run in a double hey, average. Hey, Alex, guys. real quick, just for our listeners who oh, didn't you're see right. the slope you indicated, could you uh, turn that slope into a sentence or two? So. Theoretically, you would think it's going to be a dramatic increase in uh, production quality and every everything under the sun when it comes to um, TV producing. In reality, it's probably going to be a slight upgrade. So maybe that difference makes it appear like it's only a, a lateral move um, at, and when you dig a little deeper. Um, you know, it sounds like there will be some upgrade in production quality from everything we've heard from the conference office. In terms of they will subsidize um, some purchasing of better equipment um, for schools who don't have the mandatory pieces of gear. Um, I, I think the most positive thing out of this is, is now when you go scroll on ESPN plus on, on a Saturday and you can see the North Dakota state game, you might see Idaho game right next to it. And so guess what you can do as an ESP, as an FCS fan, you can find it all in one spot because everyone in FCS trashes the CAA for beyond flow sports, because they had to go another whole app that was behind a paywall that wasn't everything else included. Now you get, you're going to get all these different conferences behind this one paywall together. I think that's the benefit is we now seem we're with our peer conferences like the Missouri Valley in that respect. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I'm not going to blow my article here too much. I think I'm just going to hit kind of the, the points and what has changed since I've written the article. So if you read it, here's my update on it. Uh, when I did write that article, there was no news from the conference that, that there was going to be the conference, I believe actually spending money to the teams. So in specific terms of increasing production value, uh, which some people said proves my article wrong. I think it proves it that still ESPN does had the same minimum requirements. Uh, but I was reached out to by a lot of people, including a couple of former Vandal video people and somebody who runs video with the Big West. And apparently some things I was wrong about. 
the ESPN three and ESPN plus standards are different. I'm not going to lie. All in all, I was not overwhelmingly changed by any of the evidence that was given to me. I've watched ESPN plus games that weren't big sky, Missouri Valley, one of our peer institutes. They're not good. So I don't know where people are getting this. It's magically going to become like it was when we were in the Sun Belt, which was my major point. The Sun Belt just had more money because it was an actual television deal. Yes, their games were on ESPN Plus, but they were specifically getting paid money for the rights to be able to put every blue moon Appalachian State versus Coastal Carolina on ESPNU on a Thursday night. They it's were an receiving- FCS, FCS, FBS thing, so yeah, that's a whole other. They were receiving money, and that money was getting funneled into video production. The Big Sky it still hasn't been released, so it could be, but for all we know, is not being paid any money to be on this platform. So, yes, do I think it is easier to access? Yes. For people our age, even give it a 15-year buffer of our ages, they have ESPN Plus, whether for the Disney bundle for the kids or because they like sports and that's why they watch this podcast or listen to it. Like it, it was never a thing that I think our viewership's going to go down. Like ESP, I had ESPN Plus. This doesn't get me to change. It's why ESPN Plus isn't paying us. The, bring the big sky on adds them like zero net new subscribers because anyone that watches niche FCS football probably already a major sports fan. So had it already. So my major point was just like, if you're expecting Idaho state to have 19 camera angles, all of a sudden in that dome, it's just not going to happen. If Eastern Washington people think that for some reason during the COVID season last year, there's going to be a better angle of that missed field goal. It's not going to happen. Like that was my major takeaway with this all in all moving to ESPN plus makes a lot of things a lot easier. And like I said, I don't blame the conference office at all for this their most weekly things they're tweeted about are size of the conference and production quality. And one of which was not their fault or was their fault, production quality and size of the conference, I guess. But like when everyone's just being and moaning to you about one thing, you take the road, you know, with the least resistance. And that was everyone says, let's go to ESPN plus let's go to ESPN plus. And they did. My last point on this, it's just like for everybody that's like, well, I don't know what you mean by bad quality. Right here, Big Sky Podcast Network, a unnamed person, because I don't know how legal this is. Western Illinois versus Montana State at Western Illinois on ESPN+. Plus. The game could not get a good feed. So more people tuned into the Montana Mint's live Instagram feed of this said person in the stands holding their phone filming the game than trying to watch it on ESPN+. Plus. So the people that tell me that ESPN Plus, we're going to have no production problems, just have never watched a game on ESPN Plus at the FCS level. And that's what it comes down to. Anybody that has can see that there's still production issues. It is a benefit for the brand. It is a benefit for recruiting, but it's not going to fix our production issues. Everything is better than Flow Sports. Flow Sports freaking sucks. The CAA is stupid. Dallas? So as the the former media professional here, uh, I don't have a ton of experience in doing the live stuff uh, as I, I worked for SWX, but I was not part of the, the live production crew. I, I did the like news side of stuff. Um, the Brian's point about the app is absolutely correct. The ESPN plus app is so much better than the Pluto app. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're watching it. It's just, it's better. I've never seen somebody say, Oh, the Pluto app, it just, it's a great experience. That's going to change. 
we're going to see things in bars so much easier because a bar is going to have ESPN plus for so many other sports, which ties back into the point Chris and I think Boatman both made like big skies with its peers. Yes, but they're not going to be driving content. So they're, we're not going to see a huge bump in resources from ESPN. Now the, the thing that's intriguing is that the big sky has apparently saved money aside for schools to be able to increase that production value. I'm hoping what that means is we just get some new boards in at places like Idaho state where everything just looks like it was from 1980, which I mean, that's also from that awful like seventies porn dome they have going on there, but they won a title the, in the eighties. So that's, that's where that money came from. And they haven't been able to upgrade since. Exactly. We're not going to see a bunch of new HD cameras and incredible angles. We're not going to see the, like the production value that you see on a, on a Sunday. But what we can hope for is at least better boards, maybe a little bit better graphics package now because we'll, we'll have machines that are built in the last 20 years and have a little bit more cleanness to the production. But again, we're, we're going to have the same problems with we're getting the audio from the, the radio guy wired in. We're not going to see new commentators in each week calling each game. It's it's We're still going to have those same quirks of being the Big Sky Conference. But what we can hope for is just a little bit more cleanliness in the production of it. Are you saying this deal is not going to get Portland State the $60 million they need to do that public partnership with uh, Portland Public Schools so they have a different a, a different field with maybe better equipment? Not to my knowledge, no. Oh, well, that's, that's <laughs> disappointing to me. I guess Portland State still has a stranglehold on worse stream. I was told we were going to get Kirk Herbstreet now that we were on ESPN. That's not happening either. College game days. College game day is coming uh, to North to Greeley next year, actually. So, yes, see, the ESPN deal is worth it. We're officially yeah. big time. No, that uh, that must be what paid for the long grass at Greeley is gone. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. We saw the big. We have the big sky preview. Yeah, I, 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 really okay. big sky centric. National views. National views. Okay. Brian, yeah. grab us a national tap here. We, we've been drinking, you know, our local taps, our our Seattle, Portland, Bend, some, Boys, breweries. Give me some, some Bud, some Miller, some. Boston Lager. Give me something national here. Okay, we'll go national. Let's rank the Big Sky streams. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> so, just in terms of the season, let's just jump into the big, the big question: of the season, Alex, FCS storylines. Like, what, what story? We already talked about North Dakota State as one of the storylines. Like, hey, maybe someone else is going to win a title. Is there any, any, anything else nationally or overarchingly through the season that you think? our listeners should pay attention to Alex. Yeah, I think the conference realignment one, we kind of touched on that already, but I think that is going to play play a part here. We're going to see some different teams maybe get an AQ that have not been getting an AQ. So you're going to see the playoffs maybe look a little different this year. And then also um, kind of, Chris, not to go back Big Sky centric, but it, it kind of is in the sense, you know, we're going to see Monta- the Montanas this fall. We're going to see Sac State this fall. Those are, again, those are teams that were seeded in 2019 that sat out of 2020. So we're going to see if there, if that made a, if that made a difference, you know, if Montana state and Montana all of a sudden compete for a national title this year, then we can actually give all the Grizz and Bobcat fans credit for bemoaning that it wasn't a real championship finally, because that's all they want to hear. So again, uh, you know, not just them, but central Arkansas teams like that, who we didn't see, in the spring, um, the Central Arkansas, like you said, Chris, was a top 15 team in a lot of pre- people's preseasons, had a great fall season back there um, in in Central Arkansas before they did not play in the spring. So I think let's see if there is some, you know, let's see how the teams who sat out and didn't play um, 
adjust and, and make if they make a difference come come uh, January if they're if they're, they're fighting for a title in Frisco. Yeah, uh, for me, underlying storylines. I mean, does North Dakota State bounce back? Obviously, uh, they have. Every time they've lost it, they've won it immediately back. But there's a lot of things they did that I just don't think are possible again. Is Sam Houston legit to go back to the, is the spring season real? Is it real? And then, I mean, Boatman, God, man, you kind of stole them all. Uh, obviously, if teams like Sam Houston, if South Dakota State, who has hurt starting two quarterbacks, you know, if they regress and don't look as competitive, does it just prove that rest over rust, uh, the, the rest is going to win? Or is it just a fluke thing that, yeah, Montana – We've been pretty bl- blunt on this show. Montana did not play in the spring, not because there was no there's snow on the ground. They did, they did not play in the spring because they had no quarterback. Montana State did not play in the spring because they just had a coach that was like three weeks on the job. Like, yes, snow and bad weather played a part, but they played – well, Montana State didn't, but Montana played games. They were very well capable of games, one of which had fans in the stands. So, like, Montana – and Montana State are going to be poised to be pretty good this year. Teams like South Dakota State, I'm getting a lot of heat. I released my top 25 today for having South Dakota sixth, which apparently pisses people off now. Like in a team that, or in a division of football that you get 24 teams in a playoff, apparently being sixth is like cause for the apocalypse. But uh, I mean, I think you're going to see can South Dakota State play with a third string quarterback? and be even remotely what they were last year. They dominated the line of scrimmage in every game they played. So, like, I'm looking at Sam Houston and South Dakota State and NDSU. Like, that is your your line. If those teams play good, then, you know, it proves the spring was legit. If those teams falter in teams like Montana, Sac State, uh, Chattanooga who quit, I guess they played for a bit, but, you know, these teams that opted out, uh, if they have good seasons, like – like you said, that was the whole argument during the spring. It's just going to continue into the fall. It's just a year-long argument. That is going to be the underlying storyline the entire season is how the teams that sat out are doing compared to the teams that did not. Brian? Now, you just touched on the storyline I'm going to appreciate the most, which is more the absence of a storyline. And it's the last season, it was so damn grating to me to have to go over and over about the is the season legit or not when – Really, it was two schools, Montana and Montana State, who bitched about the season not being legit. Otherwise, my experience was most most schools understood if you didn't play, it's because you like couldn't afford to or had some variable. And if you did, hey, sweet, do your best. The end. Uh, you know, a few schools dropped out. That was annoying to have that discussion come back up again. It's just over. The way it exists now is the is kind of like the NBA comparison of like, hey, was there not enough rest time? Uh, in between these seasons, we're going to see, I hope for the sake of the players that there is um, at the more narrow level. I, I want to see what the hell Deion Sanders does at Jackson state, just because it is a story to get the SCS some national attention. We've experienced this in the big sky, not in Idaho's recent time, but uh, Jerry Glanville at Portland state, which was a major flop. Yeah, like one Eddie, okay season. Eddie Eddie George now too at uh, Tennessee Tennessee State, I believe. So another another all pro, you know, Hall of Famer in the yep. FCS level. Eddie George, Deion Sanders. Thank you for butching my point, Alex. Of to me, anything that gets extra eyes 
on those teams is one of the things we need to get extra eyes on maybe the conference as a whole, or maybe get a drive enough interest that we're getting uh, the likelihood of being on something like ESPN two or something like that, a little bit higher or, you know, other, other, other potential channels, contracts, whatever the hell. But I like the story of Deion Sanders building up at Jackson state. Is he going to be there just for a couple of years? Well, probably if he kicks ass, he's only going to be there for a couple of years, but if he does well, Florida state keeps losing. Yes. Both. Uh, you know, I mean, if Jackson state's like 500, well, I mean, they did hire Willie well, Florida state did hire Willie Taggart. It's like, maybe they see like 500 FCS, like, Oh God, thank, thank God our guys here. Uh, but uh, realistically, um, Deion Sanders flops, Hey, whatever, uh, flash in the pan. But if he's good, uh, that's an excuse for other people to look at the FCS. And I think, in an attention-starved subdivision where any positive attention is good news, that's what I care about. But Dallas has something I obviously didn't get to. So I think we're all missing the biggest point of this this fall season. Missouri State made the playoffs for the first time in 30 years. Bobby. What what week is Bobby Petrino going to leave for a better job? Two. Well, there's no way. I mean, we all know it's not going to work because – Jay Constantine's only at Rice for one year. So Petrino can't leave and go coach the GOAT. One second. Let me go tell you real quick when the last week of um, FBS pl- – uh, well, all right, December 5th. That's when that will happen. Um, FBS season wraps up December 4th. So we'll start seeing firings happen right around Thanksgiving the week after. So Didn't he, didn't he leave the Falcons after like 14 weeks? So I'll go like you know, I, I could have a story about the beat his Falcons. Own record. Roddy White credits his entire career to Paul Petrino. I just want to let you know that he's told me that, told us that in person. So even though he, with Paul, that I do, that was a really cool um, talk Roddy White gave us before our Georgia State game. Well, he's um, retired. Why doesn't he come coach wide receivers? I wish. Doesn't need the money. Um, Dallas, I do, uh, I do like the point about Missouri State. That is one storyline is does Bob Petrino replicate um, his spring success into a full, you know, 11 game season? Weren't they like 500 in the spring? Yeah, but in that superpower. He was a conference champion, though. Conference. Yeah, he was conference champion, though. That's the, that's the key thing to forget. And, forget. And don't forget that very, very close game they had against Oklahoma in the fall. And the very, very close game against, against, three. North, against North Dakota in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So. 44 Ouch. to 10. Yeah. yeah so. well. we'll see. All right. Recruits. Anyways, yeah. next uh, next tap. Yeah, I think it's going to me here. Um, most intriguing non-Big Sky team that probably won't win the title. You know, I'm going to kind of pivot to two teams in one conference. I'm going to talk about the Big South. I'm going to talk about two teams in Sam Herter's top, 20, top 15. And, yes, Sam Herter does hate your team. Um, so Monmouth, he ranked 10th, which I find pretty interesting. Um and if you remember the spring season, Monmouth went toe to toe with Sam Houston State in the playoffs, almost beating them. I think they threw a touchdown, threw a pick in the end zone right at the end of that game when they were down by six, and they would have won them the game. Um, so Monmouth, a team out of the Big South that has been making playoffs the last few years, they lose Kennesaw State out of that league, so they don't have to see them anymore. Um, you know, does that catapult Monmouth into a? You know, they run that conference. You talk about a team that went to a semifinal last year. Could we see Monmouth as a seeded team? I think absolutely we could. I'm not sure if we're going to win the national title, but I could see them maybe getting a home game come come a second round of the playoffs this year. Another team in that conference I want to talk about, 
North Carolina A&T. We've talked about some other HBCU schools so far. We're finally starting to see the Big South. Um, and I know that commissioner personally. He's a, he's a good uh, mentor of mine. Um, and he's talked to me about this. They have targeted some HBCU schools. They think those are some good schools to target to bring into the fold. And for those of you who don't know, the SWAC, which is an all-HBCU conference, and the MEAC, um, another all-HBCU conference, don't play in the playoffs. They void their playoff spot. They play in the Celebration Bowl. It's actually a bowl game. It's really weird. They're the only OCS conferences that play in the bowl game. Um, last time we saw North Carolina A&T, they were winning the Celebration Bowl. They were the best HBCU team in the, in the land. In a row, right? Yeah, they were running the HBCUs. So they were always up there. Now they're in um, the Big South. Are we going to see North Carolina A&T come playoff time? Potentially. And that might be a really interesting storyline. You know, first HBCU school to make a playoff in a long time um, because they're filing a conference that does accept their automatic bid. So those are kind of my two stories. Chris, I want to see what you're kind of looking at for teams that might be interesting to watch outside of the big sky. I am just glad – like. I've been getting crap for this for a while that I thought the Kennesaw thing was was very flash in the pan. They had a year of practice before they ever stepped on the field. You nailed it. Big South, NCA and T probably wins that conference this year. I don't Monmouth. think Monmouth. Either, I, I, either one of those two. Monmouth. But I, I think, yes, those two teams are the power. I don't think Kennesaw's bad. The fact that people even have Kennesaw in their top 25 just still baffles me. They got their brakes kicked in by Monmouth at the end of the season and barely beat everybody they played. But – uh, I do like – didn't see that sounds bad, but I like Kennesaw. I'm rooting for them. They got Vandal colors for Christ's sakes. But, you know, some teams that I think, like, non-big sky-wise, I got a lot of flack for this, so I'll defend it. Delaware. I think Delaware had, was that team that kind of came out of nowhere in the spring. They won the CAA with a tougher schedule than James Madison. People got mad about that. They played a tougher schedule than James Madison. Um and they're only getting better. Their weakness was the line. Against South Dakota State, they got blown on both lines of the scrimmage, pushed around, bullied around. But South Dakota State did that to basically everybody. They did that to North Dakota State. Matthew Frazee of FCS Fans Nation said he has never seen an NDSU line get bullied that bad, including their FBS games they've played. That's how good South Dakota State's line was last year, which is why they're almost winning a national championship with a backup quarterback, uh, technically a third-string quarterback, because Jabari Gibbs got hurt before the season. Uh but I, I think you're looking at Delaware. I think really good running back, great special teams. They scored like four, three or four special team touchdowns in a six-game season last year. Like very good special teams. They opened the year on a kick return for a touchdown. Uh, they also, they were weak on the line of scrimmage. Uh, they signed this like 6'6", 310-pound kid out of Texas. That I think it's like a, was a three-star. I think you, you know, signed and got dropped to a two-star. Uh, I think that was a big signing for him. You know, that's just a defensive line. They got to figure it out, but I think Delaware is only one of those teams that's going to improve. Um, so that's a team I'm thinking out non-Big Sky that legitimately has a shot. Uh, other than that, I mean, Central Arkansas, going to be frisky. They're not going to get to the title game. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana, frisky, not going to go to the title game. Villanova, frisky, not going to the title game. Like, you want the teams, it's going to be North Dakota State. It's going to be South Dakota State. It's going to be James Madison. And then my like off the wall here is Delaware, which isn't even that off the wall because they went to a title game in 2010 and lost to Eastern Washington. So it's like, it's not like it's a surprise that they make the title game. It'd be their second appearance in 11 years, 12 years. So like, I mean, yeah, it's boring. It was very refreshing last year to get two teams that hadn't been in in a while in South Dakota State getting their first time ever appearance. Um, but now they're one of those teams who have been there. 
Uh, and I think I, I'm usually the devil's advocate here, but I think you're going to have one of those like four or five teams be the representation this year if it's not a big fight. Yeah, so I'm gonna just stay narrow first to like teams that there's no prayer they're gonna win a championship, but there's you know there's something intriguing or kind of interesting about them. Uh, to me, that's Southeastern Louisiana, uh, aka Sela. They've got the Walter Payton Award winner uh, Cole Kelly. They have a weird setup to me, kind of like Eastern Washington, in that uh, Cole Kelly and Eric Berrier are probably thought of as like number one and two in quarterbacks coming in, and they were number one and two, I believe, in Walter Payton voting. But, um, you know, Sela, the last time they're in the playoffs was 2019. They lost 73 to 28 at Montana. They were probably a bubble team last year, didn't quite make it in. Eastern made it in, lost the first round. But because I am a fundamentalist against the triple option, teams that pass it all the time, I'm just going to say, hey, I like you. Um, Southeast. Southeastern Louisiana, they're at, Southland is nowhere near what it once was even a handful of years ago. It's probably a one-bid league. Sela's uh, going to be, to me, a team that if they get to the playoffs, they're one of those teams that they've got a chance to win a game. So if you're not seated, Sela could be kind of intimidating. There's no prayer that they make it past the second round if they make it in. But the fact that they have a quarterback who they have a returning Walter Payton Award winner that makes them a bit intriguing to me. As far as real quick jumping in to the teams I'm looking at as far as uh, contenders for the playoffs, I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about big sky teams, but um, I would put Mon- I'd put Montana in there is in a discussion as far as championship. Uh, the North Dakota, North, North Dakota State for sure. Uh, there's you know we we've already touched on how quarter it's going to be tough them to be worse at quarterback this year than they were last year. And that, that alone could just be enough. South Dakota state uh, they've got, I mean, they're, they're quarterback towards ACL in the championship, but they also have a drop down transfer who maybe uh, takes, makes, makes that less of an issue, but uh, North Dakota state, South Dakota state, James Madison. And then to me, until they're written out, Sam Houston along with Montana are the, what I look at as like my contenders for, you know, if Alex, if Alex called me, he's like, hey, Brian, I need you to bet on this. Yeah, that, that's probably where I throw my money. <laughs> Brian, I have to agree with you there on that point. Um, you know, maybe another team to kind of look out for, maybe that could push, it's kind of ranked ladder right now, but could maybe push up one a playoff game, Jacksonville State. We saw them seated last year. They have some weapons. Um, you know, they're going to be fighting in that tough new AQ7 uh, to begin that spot. But anyway, um, kind of championship contenders that I see, yeah, I'm going to put Montana over Montana State. Um, I, I think the coach change is – it's interesting. I mean, it was already kind of an interesting – already an interesting spot. They lost multiple other coaches um, off that staff. Um, you know, they have a long time to prepare for it, but still. what they did, on lose, the they did lose quoted their best – assistant coach to Idaho State. Chris's, Chris's favorite who he wants to lead Idaho for some damn reason. I don't know why Chris always wants to hire a Bronco to lead this program. Every person he throws out as a potential name is a Bronco. And now all three of us are like, Chris, you're an idiot. I'll never watch Vandal football ever again if we hire a Bronco, okay? We, we witnessed his lowest moment. We witnessed his, his lowest moment was Idaho's fi- lowest moment. His, so his lowest moment was five years at Boise State on that ugly blue field, those ugly blue uniforms. But I can't look past that, and you shouldn't be able to either. But anyway, um, I, don't, I see Montana has having a better shot. Um, 
they may be probably the best shot, I think, out of the Big Sky to compete for a national title. And I'm going to put them in my contenders. As well as North Dakota State, I still think, shoot, they're a semifinalist team, at least in my opinion. Um, same with South Dakota State and Sam Houston. Until those teams, you know, lose otherwise, you got to lose, lose it um, or prove it at that point, in my opinion. And then maybe North Dakota. I think we could see, I think we could see the Fighting Hawks, North Dakota. They did actually um, kind of create a little disturbance in the Missouri Valley force last year. So let's see if that continues on. Because if they do, they come on that conference on top. I think they are in a spot to win a national title. I think that's that's what's pr- been proven out of that conference is if you win that conference, you're probably com- getting the semis or competing for a national title. I'm um, so, so glad Alex brought up North Dakota. They're kind of okay in the big sky. They leave the big sky magically in their top 10. That's, I mean, how, uh, could, how could you forget Northern Iowa too, Brian? Yeah, con- consistent top 10 team, Northern Iowa, who never finishes in the top 10. Uh, Correct. But, but anyway, that's, those, those are my contenders. And Chris, I'll um, throw it to you, I think, for the next tap or your last point. Yeah. But uh, so just to combo here, and we're going to get everybody in. So Dallas, I'm expecting you to have an answer for this too. We'll, we'll just go perfectly around the horn, actually. Um, I want to hear your, we kind of touched on it, your true championship contenders, but this is the one like timestamp it, mark it down, like, when you replay this at the end of the season, these are who we're actually saying legit have a shot. And then I want you to make four teams out of it. So you are just taking your four teams. I'm not saying you're going to guess the bracket, right? Like who's one, who's four, who are the four teams in the semifinals, or at least, you know, if the bracket was set up absolutely perfectly, the best four teams that should meet in the semifinals, Brian Marceau. North Dakota state, South Dakota state, Montana, and I'm gonna say Sam Houston isn't one of, isn't isn't a returner. Just stepping on the toes, of what I said four seconds ago, James Madison. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna go with Delaware. I'm going with Chris Chris's team right here, Delaware. I think he made some valid points and put me on the Blue Hens bandwagon for the year. Um, and then also the both Dakota states, um, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. And then I'm going to say Sam Houston State. I just want to. I, I I just can't. I don't think I can trust Montana to to do it and get there. Um, still, I just don't want. I guess don't believe in Bobby Houck. I'm going Sam Houston, South Dakota. Or sorry, North Dakota State. South Dakota State. I want to believe in. I've got a lot of hate for that because I was on the South Dakota State train last year. I mean, man, you're rolling with a third third string quarterback. I just. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I I can't do it. North Dakota State. Hate to do it. Have to do it. Then I am also going to say somehow, some way, James Madison actually upsets Delaware. And I think James Madison gets the crown out of the CAA. Even though I am high on Delaware, I don't think they're there yet. Um, another team that I think kind of addition by subtraction, quarterbacks are only going to get better there. Uh, last but not least, I mean, you're looking at the conferences. There's got to be some big sky representation. The obvious choice here, Walter Payton winner, Eric freaking Barry. Well, he didn't win it, but the guy who's been in the running for like three straight years, this is the year. Like if they can't get it done this year with Eric Barry as a red triple red shirt senior, whatever the heck he is with the free year eligibility and yada, 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 big play Barry, everything Eastern Washington is pumping out of that new red field. If they can't get it done this year, best needs to be gone, and that team needs to figure it out because this team with this guy, other than Vernon Adams, is maybe even the best athlete they have ever had. 
If they can't get back there, I know they got there once with him. They've got a all-conference type guy on the offensive line. Uh, their defense is going to figure it out. We've heard Ty Graham might be back and ready to go. So, like, this team lost Chris Ojo, and that's I think he really is back. it. Yeah, and Andrew Boston shouldn't drop as many balls. Or Tyler Limo Jones. Like, there's no way their receivers can be as bad as they were last year. And still, with as bad as they were, they are still – in my opinion, medium to upper tier, like, you know, wide receivers at the FCS level, talking like top 20 guys, top 30 guys. So, like, they're only going to get better. Everything on that team is going to get better. And let's not forget, their only loss last year was to Idaho and North Dakota State. Both games on the road, one to start the season, one to end the season. Like, they didn't really struggle too much. I mean, I guess Idaho almost beat them again on the red. But, you know, like, I, I just think this is the – if Eastern can't do it this year, I have actual – legitimate concerns about that program i'm willing to put a stake and pick eastern on this podcast right now that i think eastern has a legitimate shot to be that last kind of fourth team i don't think they make the frisco but man they have to make a deep run this year with barrier or like what was the point of having barrier for all these years i like them more than montana i i I will kind of i'll kind of backpack and go with you on that one I, i i agree with you there cool uh all right that was our FCS preview that we tried to keep not Big Sky centric. Did a terrible job, but um, we're Big Sky guys, and that's what you get with us, which brings into uh, two weeks. We'll be back here. Actually, when you listen to this, it'll only be 12 days until we're live on YouTube. Otherwise, if you listen to the show, 14 days until we will be recapping basically same kind of subjects, but you know, Big Sky centric. So, more Big Sky teams that can make a run, what Big Sky teams are going to have to do to make a run. Anything you guys want to hear, this would be a time kind of hashtag ask tubs, like drop your questions now, subjects you want. Like we're taking tap suggestions all season. That's kind of what it's kind of turned into. Um, less of like questions at the end and more of tap suggestions. So you have a suggestion of a topic you want us to cover, drop hashtag ask tubs, you know, we'll bring it on the show. But that's even that's- if it even if it's Euro player of the tournament for England, and I will die on that stake. Yeah, you want to suggest that? I will argue that. No maybe that's what. something we should give to our <laughs> Patreon members. We have Tubs at the Club, patreon.com backslash Tubs at the Club. You can join and support us. We have different tier levels. Maybe one of our tier levels is like we should give like view only access to our, our personal mm. Twitter feed. Like, See, we're just telling you right now on the feed why you should subscribe to our Patreon because yeah. you are going to get these exclusive content. Speaking of which, the people that are already there, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I took a long break. Stuff's coming to you. Thank you guys for literally being the first ones, the most important ones in our, our mind, but everybody's important, of course. Uh, but uh, some kind of quick news before we get into, like, fully closing the bar. Brian Marcel, you want to brush by uh, some some stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just quick basketball news. Um, every, you know, cliff notes, of, quiz, cliff notes of last season, ton of guys transferred. Like we said, Zach Kloss is back. Um, we will not yet go yeah, in that yeah. direction, but you can guess the enthusiasm about that. But the you know good news is, if you're a vandal who likes who has the ability to always talk themselves into into the next disappointment, I got a basketball team for you. The Vandals have a, t- a good amount of transfers into the team this year, which they had to, some of which are relatively promising. We're going to detail that, of course, in the actual basketball preview when we get close to basketball season. But real quick. Uh, basketball basketball team landed Mikey Dixon and Rashad Smith, both transfers from Grand Canyon. They're both guards wings. We added uh, Travante Anderson, transfer from San Francisco. He played high school basketball at Rainier Beach. Uh, very highly 
uh, rated recruit when he signed at San Francisco. Unclear why he didn't get minutes there, but hey, there's certainly minutes to fill on our team. So welcome aboard. You guys already know about um, Nolan Bertain, who sharpshooter transferred from Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And we also have uh, Philip Peppel, who I may have mispronounced his name, junior college transfer, another Northwest, uh, another guy in Northwest Connections. He went to Shorecrest High School in, in Shoreline, Washington. He's the one post we have. Uh, we might have a single spot or so left on the team, but um, those five transfers are more or less what we're going to be hitching our wagon to in hoping that there's any sort of turnaround. Um, other than that, season tickets for men are on sale at GoVandals.com and for mm-hmm. women on GoVandals.com. We'll get to the women's teams later, but anyway, that's your basketball update, man. Yeah. Uh, hammer down Dallas. You got 30 seconds to 90 seconds, man. Rant about something. Oh, boy. Rant. Rant, 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 rant. Uh, the only thing I so this uh, listening to you guys talk about the contenders and on our final four predictions, I agree with most of it. Uh, I don't think Eastern can get to the final four, but I could see them in the uh, maybe the last eight teams. Uh, I do think they're they're pretty poised for a good run here, um, especially where we might see some winter playoff games in Cheney. And if anybody's been to Cheney between really the months of like October to about June. It's awful there. It's the weather is just terrible, especially when you get to December. So they might have a little bit of home cooking there if they can get a, a home game or two. Uh, one team I wanted to mention is Southern Illinois. Um, I know they only went what six and four last year, I think three and three in conference, but they did have a lead at halftime on South Dakota State. That team loaded up with a bunch of transfers. That could go very poorly, and they could be complete trash. But I'm pretty sure they're pretty consistently good. Uh, Nick Hill knows what he's doing most of the time. I think this team has a good shot at, at being the the surprising one this season. Uh, just if you see the Southern Illinois Salukis, just remember, hey, Hammer told you first. If they go six and four and don't make the playoffs, um, I never said any of this. No timestamps needed. Uh, closing the bar. Uh, the most important news for everybody. We had an ownership change, of course. Uh, for those of you that don't know or didn't read Sean's uh, little post he made on top of the club, uh, the four people on this screen, plus Martin Heemstra, who does our women's basketball coverage, have uh, made a purchase of Tubbs of the club. What to expect from that? Not a whole lot uh, in terms of like what's going to change. It's just – Sean being abroad, time zones, coordination, it made some things a little bit more hectic that we all obviously, a lot, even Sean thought would impress, you know, move the show and the brand and everything forward. It just streamlines that a bit, you know, and he's still involved as a minority partner since we know Sean, the godfather, has a lot of his own fans. Uh, you can read about it at tubsoftheclub.com. We'll put a link also down below to Sean's article. And uh, slap me in the face and call me silly. I'm such a liar. We have bigger news than Tubs of the Club getting purchased. Uh, flip a coin. Boatman, you get to go first. Wow. That's a, that's hard. I got to say the best for last, which is definitely Mr. Yeah, Marceau. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's the best for last. Um, yeah, personal news for me. Uh, I will be – took a job working for West Virginia Athletics, um, the Mountaineers and the Big 12 Conference. I'll be fundraising for them. So for all of you out there, um, if you want to support West Virginia Athletics, you know your best friend down the street supports West Virginia Athletics. Please 
reach out to me. Uh, we can talk about something. I'll be working for their uh, development team, their fundraising department. I'll be moving out to Morgantown here three weeks from Monday the 12th, leaving, leaving Seattle August 2nd, starting August 9th. So moving across the country, picking up, starting all over again. Um, it's kind of happened really fast and re recently. So I'll be an East Coast guy all of a sudden, guys. I don't know how that's going to work. I've lived in Idaho and Seattle my whole life. So now I'll be good. Good news is I'm viewing West Virginia is pretty much just like Northern Idaho, as far as I'm concerned, same type of people. So I won't be that far away from home. Mm, if I really think a, about it a bit more moonshine, I think which, a little uh, bit, yeah, so I know something Northern Idaho. So Brian's, okay Brian's news, I think requires less moonshine. Brian, yeah. what's your news? Yeah. My news other than that, Tubbs now will have a real correspondent to compare meth in Idaho to meth in West Virginia. Um, we have our first Tubbs the Club baby. Uh, Caroline Marie Marceau came, came, joined our family on June 21st. We uh, don't yet have the Vandal gear, but we'll definitely be assaulting the Tubbs timeline with some pictures. Um, you'll definitely see her at some home games. Already bought my season tickets. We're definitely going to be, we are going to be programming her to be a Vandal from the moment that we possibly, first moment we possibly can. But yeah, dude, we're, we're pretty excited. Everything's going great. It's healthy. It's hectic and everything started. But uh, yeah, my wife and I are pretty, pretty damn excited. I also want to let Tubbs listeners know, if you guys have new future Vandals coming your way, uh, send us pictures. We'd love if, you know, we'd love to give a shout out to other people on social media. Uh, you know, as people start, people have new kids, grandkids, whatever. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to propagandize the youth into going to Moscow as much as we can. It's already started in the Marceau household. Yeah. We always tell you guys, we need more listeners, right? Like we're always like, share it with a friend, leave us a five-star rating, leave us a five-star rating. We never asked for it. Please do it. Uh, Brian Marceau took it a step further and made us a new listener. So if anybody else is out there and has some made new listeners, tubs at the club, uh, happily, you let us know, Instagram, Twitter, website, private, whatever you want. Like we'd happily share some, some new Vandal photos because when they're cute and adorable and you know, the way some things are run at our program, we could use some cute and adorable stuff. Uh, with that, I think it's time for the best band in all the land. Plays out. We will see you guys in two weeks. Football is back. Play it. I was going to play Sweet Caroline, but uh, I think we'd get DCMA'd here. So uh, we're just going to go with the beer song. So go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals.